And with that, the final blow, you have slain the evil dragon and are now standing amidst its lair. What do you all do? I'd like to cast Detect Magic. Okay. I want to search that that pedestal in the back for traps. All right. Um, And I saw there was a a door that it looked like the servant came out of. I want to investigate that door and see if there's anything going on there. Okay, and while you all survey the scene, Ragmar the Ruthless just pushes you all out of the way, walks right into the Horde of the Dragon, and steals the plus three longsword of holy everything. Uh. What? What the fuck? How do you even see it? DMPCs. Modified role. We're going to be talking about kind of hot button topic, which is the DM PC. That is when the dungeon master or GM doesn't not strictly a Dungeons and Dragons phenomenon has a player character in the party. Um, if you spend any time on forums at all, you'll <laughs> see that it can get quite heated on this topic. But I think we have a good discussion for you because we have a few opponents and yeah. But there is one right answer, and it's don't do it. And it's Rainy's problem. Don't do wow. it. Wow, <laughs> we're we're starting early. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. We will we will bring the fisticuffs for your entertainment. So have have we all done a DMPC before or yes. no? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. We all have. Okay. We all have experience. Yes. Okay. It. I feel like it is something that a lot of new DMs do, um, for multiple reasons. And I said, don't do it. I stand by that. Don't do it. But you know. I just, I did it when I was, you know, (laughs) relatively early on and you can learn a lot from it. And I do think there are ways to do it well, but I do think that even when you do it well, you could achieve that through some other purpose. A quick follow-up question. Has everyone played in a game that involved DMC where they were just a player? Have you experienced it from others? No. No. Yes, I have. (laughs) Okay. Yes, but no, I guess. So I do want to make one clarification because I think Amber and I, <laughs> since this topic came up, we've we everyone's been like, oh, topic. these two are going to go at it. But no, I want to I want to make a very important distinction. And I think that there is a huge difference between the party befriending an NPC who accompanies the party as up along part of their journey that is played by the DM and a player character made with the same rules as all of the player characters in the party has a class has, you know, all of these abilities, much like the characters, and it isn't just a simplified stat block. Like, a character that is leveling alongside the party, splitting the loot. Like, I don't think DMs should do that. I tend to... I disagree. I, I understand why you would say that, but I'm, I'm going to Team Amber here. We're going to tag team here. Oh, well, I've already got Christian, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that, you know, to start off, I think there's a way to do it right and a way to do it wrong. Correct. And I think that the horror stories and the arguments that you see online and forums come from a place where when you start DMing, and I, and I know I'll talk a little about some of my experiences because I played them and I played in games with them and I've had some good experiences with that and I've had some really bad experiences with it. Uh, but when I um, was I when I was um, yeah. yeah, I'm curious as to why you guys had a DMPC when you were a new GM because I kind of had the opposite effect. I had a really hard time when and I was a new I had GM, the opposite effect. and I and I've incorporated it much better later. But like, I'm wondering why, as a new DM, you decided to create a DMPC? Because I think it, I personally, and I know this is kind of why I did it. I think it comes from a place of being afraid that the characters are going to go off the rails and not knowing mm. what to do if they do. So you're having this, a babysitter. It's like a backup plan. plan. Yeah, in the plot and being able to. And also you're afraid that like when you, when you, when you start playing, you want your friends to have a good time, hopefully if you're a DM. And so you, you're afraid that they're going to like die or, you know, do something stupid or, or whatever. And that DMT. Yeah, spoiler. They will do it's all like, of it's this. It's like the dad that's there to protect them, from, <laughs> you know, or the mom. Um, I mean, I did it for a pretty simple reason, and that is um, I had a party of two players, yeah. and I was like, hey, you guys pick whatever you know race class you want, whatever. I'll have a PC to kind of fill in the blanks. Healer. Um, happens with the healer a lot. Yep, well, that was going to yeah. be the other thing I said. So my players ended up picking a rogue and a ranger, and I was like, okay, so you kind of need a tank and a healer. I'll roll up a paladin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just made her very shy 
and mm-hmm. backgroundy, but she was there to still be there and aid. And I was also like, this was I was running Rise of the Rune Lords, and I was like, oh. y'all can't run through this with two oh, fucking two people. No. no, no, you get crushed. So, so I was like, yeah, let me let me give you a, a paladin to adventure with, and that was the reason I did it. Yes. Now, see again, I I'm of the opinion DMs should not do this. There are obviously exceptions to every rule. If you have two players, you could do it that way. I would also argue those players can just make multiple characters. <laughs> or... Uh, some people if, hate that, though. I hate They managing. were brand yeah, new, I was say, if they're new. teaching them the system. Yeah. yeah. In, I mean, in which case... You can also again, tailor encounters for what? I was going to say, the other option is the DM doesn't have to play a PC, and you can just, you know, make the adventure fit a two-player party. Because sometimes, I, the, the reason which I did it... Which is also hard for a DM, DM too. Very because, hard for a new DM to do, because yeah. you don't have the experience. And... To get back to kind of going back to some of my better experiences with it, a lot of my playing a D&D when I was just getting into the hobby was just me and one friend. Mm-hmm. So there were two of us, and we didn't know how to scale anything to that. And you can't, it's very, very hard. D&D is not a game that's built to have one PC. Like, right. none of those adventures are, are good for that. So uh, we, we, we both played when we DM'd, like, the whole, the rest of the party. Mm. Yeah. Also, it can get very boring if you're playing without like a party. Like, yeah, absolutely. Who else is gonna crawl this ancient dungeon with you? You're just alone, not yeah, like, talking. Let me to wander him. around alone. That's <laughs> just <laughs> talking to yourself. Talking to yourself. Yeah, solo is rough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the um, other case I will kind of present as a like I can see why this you know would be fine is when I you know when Amber asked, "Have you experienced it?" I was like, "Yes, but but no." Um, <laughs> In a, I'm going to get my, my little uh, Regency music here. Sarah talks about good society <laughs> again. When I played in a game of it, the facilitator also had a character. But that is part of the rules of good society, that you yeah. can have that. Um, and it they, you know, fit perfectly into the story. It didn't feel like they were overtaking anything. It was just a thing that happened. And so there are some games that... Right. Are GMs. Yeah, there are games that are designed for the GM to have a character, for sure. Exactly. And that's also another kind of, it's still a GM PC, uh, but, but they're taking on more of a role as a character and not as much of this as a GM. Yeah. I mean, obviously, for other games, it can absolutely work. There's plenty of games that can be run GM less. You know, that's a, a game that can be run without a facilitator. So um, in a game like DD, I, I actually, that brought up something where you said, you know, they, did what they had to do, but they weren't like spotlight hogging or, you know what I mean? Like it's not a game like D and D where they can like steal a bunch of kills and it feel bad, you know? Um, but I do think that that's a important part of doing it right. Is that if you do have an NPC in the party or you have a DMPC, it's very important that they not use information they wouldn't have just because you're the DM. It's very important that they're not, in my opinion, not as competent as the party, right? They shouldn't be spotlight hogs. They shouldn't be stealing all the loot. Like, if you make a DMPC rogue that just steals all the loot from your players, you might be the worst person ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And two for me and one for you and two for me and one Yeah, for you. you know what I mean? Like, what are you even doing at that point? But so, um, yeah, I think that they need to be in the background. You're probably playing a villain is what you've done. <laughs> fair, fair. In which case, awesome. Yeah. yeah my, my story of when it went bad, I was in a game, a Star Wars campaign, oh. where we were playing and we had, you know, kind of all sorts of different characters. Uh, I played an alien and um, the DMPC was like this kick-ass rebel-like commando. And... Yeah. When they're Gary Stews and Mary Sue's. Oh, total Gary Stews. Basically, we were playing in like the DM's like story that he was writing. And, you know, I played like an alien criminal and I'm like, why the hell am I helping the rebellion? And so, you know, that campaign didn't last very long because me and my friend basically just our mission became to just derail everything because every every mission was literally like Ragnarok the Merciless like steals this it was like you know I think his name was Dak like Dax the awesome commander like shoots the guy and we're like okay we're gonna go in the back and like you know press you were the both. DMs we're Actually, gonna you were the DM sidekicks yeah yeah, yeah. You, we, were, we were the sidekicks exactly and the DMPCs should mistake. be sidekicks yep that's the number one it's mistake the other then. way around DMs make with bad DMPCs is they make so and it's also the most common this is why so many people hate the DMPC so much because this is the thing you are most likely to experience in a DMPC game 
And it is the DM has created a character that is a, a Gary Sue slash Mary Sue, just like a perfect character, is overpowered, min-maxed to the nines, hyper-competent in everything, is super special, the chosen one, something like that. And it's basically just a fantasy wish fulfillment self-insert character. It's the character would be the protagonist in like a poorly written fantasy novel where we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the this is Jon Snow. He has the coolest sword. He has the Elminster. And he has several fantasy novels to his name. Like, this is who the author wants to be. <laughs> um, and that is the most common, that's the most common thing that you're going to encounter in the wild, for sure. But that is not the only way to do it. <laughs> don't Definitely don't do that. But there are ways to do DMPCs well and enhance the game. And I yeah. will argue. <laughs> incompetent DMPC. Yeah, then I would like to introduce the incompetent DMPC. Mm-hmm. Yes, does these fantastically. <laughs> I mean, that's because that's because all of my PCs, all of my characters in general are incompetent, whether they are the DMPC yeah, no, she or doesn't even regular have to try. Jess is so good at this. <laughs> but this is when you have a character. It is a true DMPC. You've used the same character creation rules, which I think is a requirement for DMPC. It's got a yes. character class, all that. It's leveling with the group. Um, it's not several levels behind or anything like that. Characters leveling with the group is getting a split of the loot, all of that stuff. This is a true, this is a true DMPC. However, yeah. the character is terrible at everything and only ever fucks things up. <laughs> at that point, uh, but see again. So here's here's where I'm arguing. I love it. <laughs> it's funny. Don't get me wrong. That's that's funny, right? That's that's great. But and like that's entertaining. That's fun to play at a table. However, at that point, you're talking about you went through the trouble of making this whole character that is now just a resource sink on the party in XP and loot, and they're not helping. Right? Like a DMPC sidekick NPC could. They're just there to be like, you know, Annoying. <laughs> entertainment. Here's the thing, though. Annoying. You, the, the trick of this is, yes, it is a resourcing, which is fun because it helps you moderate your character's power, which can be difficult toward any mid or high level game. Like they're getting too much stuff. They're too good at everything. You're having trouble making challenges for them. It's easy to fuck with the DMPC, though. The trick is you have to make the party genuinely care about this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my notes was make them a knife. Like I say all the time, like give me something to mm-hmm. stab you with at any point. If you're if you're in love with a DM NPC, like an NPC in the party or a DMPC, that's a perfect. Yeah, so is that's that's when you can do it right. Like you, the the player characters genuinely have to like this character and want them around. Yeah. Um, if you can't do that, no DMPC, no matter how you do it, is ever going to work. But if you can, uh, they're they're a, they're a plot device that you can use. That's not um. That's not like a uh, like a self-insert fantasy wish fulfillment character. A character who's going to get everything right. They're a character who gets threatened. They're a character who makes mistakes. They're a character who feels terrible about themselves and needs the other people to lift them up. And people can really invest in that if you do that correctly, which can create a really good experience. I would also argue that the DMPC, like it, it, it does help, right? If they're completely inept, right? That that helps to kind of not take away the spotlight from the other PCs. But I, I do think that a DMPC can actually be a competent player. Yeah, you can be a mid midlist. Yeah, too. as long as you're not stealing the spotlight from like your players. As long as you're not doing like the final kills for the boss, you're not doing like the major plot not discoveries and things like that. Yeah, but I, I do think that the PC can be like, competent and powerful they just can't be like the one who's solving everything you know? always be incompetent at least one thing though because that adds conflict <laughs> i mean that's that's just in general or yeah i have a note here too like if they're like a specialist and like in my opinion see i just don't know if i'd ever want to make a pc like all of this sounds like something you could accomplish with an npc that does not need to be with the party all the time you know what i mean like the story but, really is about well, your even players. Even PCs are not with the party all the time. People miss episodes. True. People get captured and are out for a whole adventure. Stuff. That's kind of what happens to the DMPC too. There are sessions or adventures that something happens to them and they're not. Right. And the thing is too, like but they're there most of the time. And the thing is too, like you can accomplish things with a an NPC, but there's a reason why you're playing a PC as a DM. Like it, it it's not always to accomplish something for the plot. It's not always to like move the story along. It is kind of for the enjoyment sometimes of the DM as well, having like a player mm-hmm. in the party and like being a part of those cohesive moments, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, you kind sometimes of accomplish things. By accident, actually, and that you just made me think of something. If you make an NPC, and then they want the NPC everywhere, yeah. and then suddenly the NPC is happened in our Fate superhero game. Sure. Sarah, we adopted we... an NPC when the party adopts the yeah. goblin, and then the goblin has to level or die. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> actually, I ju- actually I just did this yeah. in my Storm King Thunder game for the the library. Uh, in like the very beginning, one of the players charmed and kept one of the goblins from the caves, right? And she adopted him. And I said, sure, like why not? You know. And I just had them as I made like a little minion stat block, NPC stat block. Um, and recently, so you know what? This is gonna blow up in my face because I'm like, don't do it. But um, (laughs) recently they, they led another attack on one of the giant strongholds and all of them who've like, they've made connections with these people kind of said like, can we bring in help like a B team? And I was like, I love this idea. And all the NPCs that they'd like befriended like individually and like made friends with over the course of the campaign, they were like, we want them to be a B team doing this over here. It's relatively safe. And then we'll, you know, do this thing. (laughs) And so I gave each of them ownership of those characters Mm -hmm. and I made somewhere between an NPC stat block and like a PC stat block, basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I gave them access to those, but I didn't play them. So that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. again, a lot of times, a lot of times if I, yeah, like, this is where I stand on this, like, I feel like all of these are good examples that you guys are giving and they sound like good experiences at a table where the DM can be part of the party. They can be part mm-hmm. of the team without being in the spotlight. They mm-hmm. they aren't there just to be like, okay, well, so like I'm the DM and we need to move the plot forward. So my character is going to do this thing. Yeah. You know I mean, they're good examples. But the example of our, our fate superhero game where it was it wound up being unintentional was similar to yours where I had a character who was um, basically like a super smart meth cooker. And he, he was like, he was, wow. a, he was just not where I thought that was going. Yeah, he was a super villain. He was cooking up like super drugs that made <laughs> and they just they literally in a trailer park, they raided the trailer park, they beat the crap out of everyone. And his like his he was like super smart. So he was like kind of like had a huge head, but like couldn't do much else, right? So I was like, one time villain, they're gonna beat him up, end of story. And they like convinced him, Sarah, of course, befriends him, convinces him to surrender, and then he goes with them. And they they stuck him in the philosophy department of the university where he read like all of the philosophy books overnight. And then the next time they saw him, he was like conscious trash. And he became <laughs> and that's what he did. And he was Cortex. He was a uh, like an inventor guy and a hacker guy. And so he was never in the spotlight where he was like with the team. Like so doing, again, but he was at the base doing the stuff, you know? Yeah. So what yeah. I was going to say though, is like, all these are very good examples and they do happen to just be DMs playing characters that they, like, they fully fleshed out. But I still think that, you know, to the core of my argument, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm holding strong. And I don't think any of these need to be PCs. Like no. I'm still yet to like, re- you know what I mean? Like they don't need to be, but, uh, but like, I think the argument, but if they're present, most of the time they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a matter of, at some point, it's a matter of just how often you're there and what you're there for. If you're this there on true. most of yeah. with the party, you are a piece. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so, yeah, and I guess really all, we're framing this in D&D. So like my biggest gripe with it is like, why can't it just be an NPC stat block? Why is it got to share the XP and stuff like it, that? I, I would say it's just even granular. Be an NPC stat block, but it's still a PC yeah. if it's there. Through it's like a granular. Yeah. A matter of screen time, really, I would think. I would say, like, most people use milestone leveling anyway now, and that kind of mm-hmm. invalidates the, the XP argument, because, like, who cares? I think that's just because most DMs don't know how to give experience for role-playing and ex- exploration. Also, like, if you're playing for adults who have busy schedules, it really sucks to, like, not be there for some of the XP because you have life things. So, like, if you're splitting XP for everyone equally, even for people who miss sessions, why would you just not milestone at that point anyway? Yeah. Like. It's the same thing. I also think, Rainy, if your biggest argument against the DMPC is like the resource sink, right, in terms of like loot and items and things like that, you can also just provide more money yeah, to no. account yeah. for your character yeah. or, or like more loot to account for the DMPC. Like, yeah. you, you know, like you're and also the DM. So like you're yeah, both yeah. stealing and not stealing money at the same time. That's why I would say like the resourcing the stat block, that's not the that's not the, the defining thing of the DMPC. It's, yeah, the, it's the right intent. There. You're not letting your ego get caught up in the character. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's you know what I mean? It's just yeah. yeah. If they are one of the crew, like they yeah. are, and, and I will also say, like, <laughs> if they're as trusted, as loved, as invested in, like they are a PC. <laughs> and some of those characters wind up being like beloved. And again, my game oh, yeah. I played with uh, my friend Mark for years, where I had a fighter Toraf, and his best friend was another fighter Sirion, who was a NPC. He was a DMPC. 
And we had this joke where like we needed to be armed with as many weapons as possible. And so we, we only fought with like one weapon, but we also had like, like I had like a battle axe, a short sword, four dagger, like, <laughs> sword, a rapier, a spear, a crossbow, yeah. but we only used the two handed sword, you know, so it became this running gag, but they had great character interaction between the two of them. And I love that character to the point where yeah. we played a one shot with my D&D group recently. I made his son as a character. For that, because that's how much I love and fondly remember Sirion visiting. So, yep the the best DMPC experiences I've had, both running a DMPC and just being in a game that the DM has a PC, have been like that character inevitably fulfills a role of comic relief. That is yeah. beautiful. Like they're the butt of almost every joke that they the party delights in heckling this person. <laughs> like it is their favorite thing in the world, and then like. You know, as opposed to being a player that maybe doesn't want to be heckled constantly, like that's kind of a good role for it. <laughs> See, now you guys are are blending in all these definitions of what what actually defines a DMPC, and I'm sitting here trying to think if like some of my most common NPCs are now also PCs. Right? Yeah. And I mean, we're... most of the time on the adventures, they are. Yep. I would. That's how I would define it. And... I don't know. I don't think Bartleby's a PC. I was just gonna say that Bartleby, my cat. <laughs> No, but Meg will be. Oh, God. We'll get there when we get there. So, so, okay. Again, I I don't want to get... I feel like I've gotten lost in definitions here. But I don't think... I don't think you need to do it, but I see that there are good times to do it. And, and like, it can maybe be done. my definition, yeah, my, oh, it can absolutely be done well. Yeah. The problem is most of the time when it's done, it's some kind of problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, most people... It's done more often with early GMs, even though both Jess and I started doing it later in our GMing. Um, but if it's a n- new DM, it's a DM who really wants to play, is excited to play, has a character that they love usually, and they just, and which is all very understandable. Like it sucks to be a forever DM and have all these character ideas you want to be able to express. But then it ends up being the fantasy wish fulfillment self insert Gary Stu, mm-hmm. Mary Sue character, which is very annoying and not cool. <laughs> So for me, I actually have the opposite problem as a DM. So for me, like all of my NPCs are relevant to either the plot or the setting of the adventure in the game. And when I make a PC, I forget about them quite often. <laughs> so like, she literally yes, forgets about the character I, present. I, and like, I, what has Abby been doing during all these explosions? Yes. She's like, I forgot about her. Yes. She's just standing. <laughs> and I don't forget about my NPCs very often. Like they're they're there for a reason and they're very like connected to whatever setting they're we're in. So like I remember mm-hmm. my NPCs quite well because there's a reason that they're there. There's a reason why they want to do this. They also don't let you forget. <laughs> yes, my players are very good about reminding me, thank goodness. But I was gonna say as a DM, like I have the opposite effect where when I make a PC who I love, I'm so focused like on the players and like the plot and stuff like that, that I will quite often forget my DM PC that I have made. Um, That's awesome. And then we, and then we heckle, and the, which leads great. to why her character is so easily heckled because one of the things we heckle her for is like, wow, remember that time when all of your comrades were getting shot and slaughtered and you were just <laughs> standing there? We do. Yeah, see, it, yeah. It's, it's not great because like the, the NPC also does kind of have agency too. Like they are there on this adventure. They are a character. They mm-hmm. have their own story and thoughts and feelings and things like that. So they should be doing something too. They shouldn't be hogging the spotlight, but they should be kind of contributing in some way or else why are they there exactly. yeah. or else why are yeah. they there exactly exactly yeah i have here i just wrote down that they're the help not the hero you know what i mean like they're they should not be correct in the spotlight right they're part of the party but they're not like the let's talk about abby let's talk about abby i didn't <laughs> realize we were going to talk about abby so abby my a, i feel like abby's a great example of a good dmpc though so i am currently running agents of edgewatch we're probably like three books in and i do have a dmpc abby dawes okay uh she good detective name good cop name. thank you yes yes she is the a- worst cop <laughs> even better she is a twin to one of the other pcs in the game um she uh it was in a cult and joined in the cult we were investigating correct correct yeah she uh she this is a great backstory yeah yeah i I do love her she was in the cult that uh yeah 
murdered a bunch of people and uh, she like (laughs) (laughs) came into this police job to kind of infiltrate and gather information and the uh i love cults christian christian just messaged (laughs) i used to be i used to be in a cult so i'm i'm like really interested in like learning about cult themes and things like that so uh i love cults but I don't know what you want to say about Abby, but she is a character that I'm currently playing in an adventure. See, she's the twin sister like of a PC, something. which really, really enriches that PC's experience. Yeah. Uh, this char- uh, played Monty, played by our friend Kelly. Um, really, when Kelly was making her character, she's like, "I really want to have like a family member, or a love interest, or somebody important to me in this game. Like that will help me make character." So that's yeah, so good in a. That's um, so good in an AP that's in a city too. Like that's mm-hmm. so, that's smart. You know, like and their family is fucked up, and they are both fucked up. <laughs> they have a lot of mommy issues. Uh, these and we talked about how good GMPCs can be knives, right? Like like yes. the term I like using. Like that's a perfect example of that. Yes. Yep. Abby is not great at her job, though she really really wants to be. So she's like she tries to play everything by the book, very straight laced. Even though she was like in a cult secretly, with which is like definitely not up to code at all. <clears throat> she's full of contradictions like that but so we make fun of her for being the fucking nerd i'm always like do our paperwork nerd <laughs> we just bully abby relentlessly basically the entire group um especially after the cult thing came out she got demoted and we got promoted so now she's like our intern so we're like go get us coffee <laughs> so it was it was a secret that she was in the cult it was a revelation that the party had to discover uh yep. later yep. On. It, it, it was bad it was bad it's really good though yeah. Yep, she's a huge, huge hypocrite. She's always giving her brother shit about her. Her brother's much better at well, his job than she is at hers, and she's always giving him shit for it and just criticizing everything. Does, does Abby go dungeon delving with you guys? She does. Yes. No, like, she she is there oh, for okay. every so, yeah, that's, adventure. That's, yeah, that's she's one time we were trying to sneak past this like police cordon into the adventure site, and Abby got there first. She got ahead of us. Immediately got pinned by collapsing rubble. <laughs> and now, she's see, just okay. stuck in there crying for help. So I went and I rescued her, which is the worst thing that could have possibly happen to her is me rescuing her. <laughs> And then we made fun of her for it the entire time. <laughs> See, that just reminded me of something else, too, actually. We talk about how they shouldn't be there just to be, like, the convenient, oh, I found the plot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but I actually think that's a really clever way to do it, right? It's like, if your party's not making moves, if they don't know what to do next, you can have the D- the DMPC fall into trouble and be like, oh, let's spur you to action. That's kind of funny. Yeah, we were yeah. stuck there. It's we're the opposite of the I fixed Abby. it teleported in got pinned by collapsing rubble immediately <laughs> immediately don't have don't have your gmpcs fix it have your gmpcs fuck it, it yeah <laughs> i mean i think i think all of these are just examples too of how um i've had a lot of really great role-playing moments with my dmpc abby with the other players in the group um just at like relevant story points and things like that like i just with like monty and other players and getting in trouble and things like that like i was able to have yeah, my they own voted. they were gonna yeah. kick her out of the watch and we all had to advocate for her even though we didn't want it we were like don't kick her out make her get us coffee yeah. <laughs> i was able to have all these like really great role-playing moments with like my own character within the story which i really loved and enjoyed you guys might be convincing me i don't know i don't know yeah, she's yeah, she's she's a, she's certainly a character, and because like she's so important to Monty, uh, one of the PCs, like she's she's very easy to use as motivation for him, um, and vice versa, and conflict for him too. Like their relationship is very interesting, and it's very problematic both ways that it cuts. Um, she's dating one of the other PCs in the <laughs> in the group. She also should not be doing. One of the things she gives Monty shit about is fraternizing, and then she's like dating a superior officer. <laughs> She's a hypocrite. <laughs> she, yeah, she's she's a, she's an. Absolute... She does it. Yeah, it's fine when she does it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's an example of where I think um a DMPC really works well and enriches the the experience. <laughs> and I was gonna say in that case, so I know we talked about this a little bit earlier about how it it can be helpful to have a DMPC for like a small party or a small group but in this case Mm -hmm. my party is pretty big like we have six people and i also have a dmpc like i i think it can be done which is not great for the dm but does work well for police work but like you go talk to these witnesses here we'll check out this and split Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool i i think i think it can be done i don't think it necessarily needs to be reserved for small groups it doesn't necessarily help in general just because having a lot of people and a lot of players is a lot to manage in a game but I don't think it needs to be reserved for small groups. Yeah, but if you, for the sort of campaign you're playing too, where it's like a police procedural sort of thing, 
it makes sense to have those many pairs because like Amber just said, you do split, you can split the party and cover a lot more ground much more quickly than you would normally. Uh, so it really depends on the campaign. If you're playing, you know, and we're kind of, we always relate this kind of, we're tending to relate this to the default assumption of D&D. Uh, but if you're playing like a traditional dungeon delving campaign, I would argue an argument against the DMPC is now you've got another thing in the initiative order that you have to take keep track of. <laughs> Yeah, That's really, it. really clog up the works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also talked earlier about how, like, the DMPC shouldn't be the one that's kind of hogging the spotlight or figuring things out and things like that. But sometimes it is helpful. Sometimes when you do have a PC and, like, they're just not getting the clue or they're just not seeing something. I Like, I've used my DMPC to, like, nudge things a little bit along, right? Or, like, oh. The important thing is you give the players a couple chances first. Yeah, right. Yep. Oh, yeah. But not, and, and, and like, not necessarily outright, but just, like, nudge, right? Or just, like, redirect or, like, some direction. That should be not done a lot, but sometimes it's yeah, small. To point out a problem, they'll become a plan, and you can be like, "What if this happens?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> point out a problem. That's yeah, actually. Question. That's actually. I have a stock DMPC I've used a couple times with like my son and his friends, and it's just really you have people who haven't played D anD D before, and they're new to it, and maybe they're even young. Uh, I have Lily Timbers, who is an extremely passive aggressive gnome druid who like, you know, she's there to kind of heal people and do stuff, but she's also there to be like, oh, I don't know, guys, do you really think we should do that? What if we do this instead? And just basically like question plans. Yeah. You know, yeah. And be kind of a pain in the ass, but at the same token, like that's the way I'm nudging them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rainy's got a lot to think about. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I was just thinking, um, you know, one of the ways I've done P- at DMPCs and one of the only reasons I've done it is to like, fill a niche in a party that mm-hmm. is just glaringly not there you know what i mean like we talked about earlier like that you make a party without a healer it's like well you guys might need help so therefore i have this cleric on standby <laughs> you know what i mean or whatever um but you know sometimes you tell a better story when they have to struggle without that thing but i mean that's that's how i've used dmpcs in the past like jesse said they shouldn't always be in the spotlight they definitely shouldn't always be in the spotlight but if you do have a dmpc i would argue for the most part don't make them very good at everything, right? Because then they're just better than the PCs. But you can make them good at one thing and like one thing only because mm-hmm. like sure. that's nice to have. And then otherwise you can pretty much rely on that character to fill it, their role as comedic relief or whatever. But you do have that, you know, you like you said. all of the jokes. <laughs> funny because I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think of like other forms of media and like, okay, what characters are DMPCs basically? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of like 3PO basically in that example. Right, oh. the lore book, yeah. Lab people. scientists in any cop procedural. Yep, uh, I'm thinking of also like the one that keeps. I, I had to actually look it up while we were talking. So I'm like, who was that guy? Because it's such an awesome example. Was if you've ever seen the Indiana Jones movies, and you've seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and I had to look up his name right now, Marcus Brody, who was like the old guy who was like the curator of the museum. And they wind up sending him off to find like the Holy Grail. And when the Nazis catch Indiana, he's like, oh, no, he knows people in every town. And he speaks like 17 languages and he's going to have the Grail already. And Sean Connery's like, really? And he's like, no, Marcus is an idiot. And Marcus is just like, he's incompetent, but he's like incompetently competent because like whenever there needs to be a save, Marcus somehow like stupidly like stumbles in. And that's a perfect example. Like if people are just failing, they're not getting it. There's Marcus. And he also at the end has like some some like knowledge that they would have needed and didn't have, you know. You so. can also have your DMC make bad choices too. Like they're like, yes, get it. yes like, that's what I was gonna say. Like, how about this idea? And you know it's going to fail. <laughs> or have them turn against the party later on too. That was actually one of my notes. Yeah, was um, make like make it interesting by making them unreliable or like. Yeah, they have good ideas or something. Good you know, ideas. Like, give yeah, give them um, give them a flaw that's going to make things interesting. Amber, I'm surprised you didn't really talk about any of your DMPCs. I mean, my best DMPCs are always end up the joke, the the butt of every joke. Um, unlike just though, I usually make like kind of a mid list DMPC because I my group, my home group, subtle you know, one incredible power gamer. Like I 
even if I make a really solidly built character, like his character is going to be better. So like, I never have to worry about stealing the spotlight in combat because I cannot defeat this player. <laughs> so I don't even have to try. I make like a solidly mid-list character. Don't have to worry about stealing the show. We already know who's going to steal it. Everyone in the party knows who's going to steal it. It will just always be that way. <laughs> so that's not um not a thing that I really have to worry about there. But what happens inevitably, I always make these, when I have a DMPC, as you'll, okay, so you'll have seen in DMs After Dark, I kind of have two modes. <laughs> I play terrifying women or terrified men. My DMPCs always go on the terrified man side. So whatever the character is, the character is either going to be like, um, like really, really naive. I played like this really, really naive, like wolf boy. He, he was a shapeshifter, but he was stuck as a wolf for like a really, really long time. So like every, he had wolf logic for everything. He was like peeing on things to like make them his. He'd run through the woods and he'd come back and be like, hey guys, look at my stick. My stick is really awesome. I love it. This stick made me think of you. Do you want it? Like, he'd be like, wow, it's a tortoise. How do I eat this? Like that sort of thing. Just like, and that was his role. And people adored him. He's, you have to, you have to take this beautiful little cinnamon roll and teach him the ways of the world and he's getting into all kinds of quirky fucking shenanigans and accidents like there were all these chickens around like they were just free like I just I hate them <laughs> they're like oh no like this has caused a problem so, so like a source uh, of chaos That's yeah good. yeah he's like a chaos element but like really really lovable just very lovable needs to be protected and needs to be taught so the party naturally took those roles around him um the other kind of DMPC I make is a character who is fairly competent at some things not the best at everything I always roll terribly with my DMPCs. It's literally like my dice now. So like no matter how competent on paper, I throw so many ones. So they quickly build a reputation for just biffing anything of importance at any given time when people are looking. So it's like performance anxiety, which just the the jokes, they just, the lo- they load on, they load on. So I'll play a character who is essentially the butt of every joke, but they love him for it. <laughs> like just can't wait for this awkward nerd to fuck everything up. <laughs> So um, those have, that's been the majority of my, my DMPCs that I have run are like that. Um, sometimes there'll be, um, there'll be characters that are kind of ethically complicated. Uh, I usually play good characters when I have a DMPC. Um, and yeah, making them a foil players, to a character. Yeah, some of my players play good characters and some of them play more morally ambiguous characters. But I make sure that I use that character as um, a way to like ask questions of ethics like this character will question things like this isn't right like we shouldn't do this and then suddenly another character who is also ethical character but maybe played by a quieter player is like oh you are right like this is bad we shouldn't do this and then suddenly there is an argument and the party is split like down the middle about with this ethical quandary so um I also really like the ability to do that and once you've built like relationships and genuine friendships between all these characters like that gets really, really tense. <laughs> like, like the the argument of like, what is good, what is evil, like the ends justify the means sort of thing. So I use DMPCs to kind of motivate conflicts and arguments like that a lot. Uh, when my character is ethically conscious and not a silly wolf boy who's like, how do I open this? What is this? It's an avocado. What? <laughs> I can never seen one. <laughs> this thing is amazing. Ah, it tastes awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we're talking, you guys are giving good examples of DMPCs who are specifically built not to be heroes, right? Like, not to be the spotlight I mean, that's, of the main that's character. That's how it should be. Yeah, I've built it being rescued a lot too. Like even my characters who are competent, yeah. like something really bad is going to happen to this character. <laughs> They're going to go to a really dark place. <laughs> I've had characters that like, you know, they're yep, flirting they with be... suicide like really hard and their friends have to like pull them out of it like things like that <laughs> yeah they can be emotional tuning forks right and like they can be foils within character arcs for other pcs you can play off of them really well like yep. it's, there's, there's definitely good ways to use it and in order to in order to grow as characters and have their own arcs they need other people to help them do that like to teach them the ways of the world or to show them compassion teach them what friendship or family is like things like that and my players seem to enjoy doing that with them. So I have a good time also. Um, I'm like Jess too. Like when I first started running uh, d and I did not have DMPCs. I, I ran it more traditional, just the occasional NPCs like in and out and whatnot. Um, but as I played longer and longer, I actually started running DMPCs because I was getting bored <laughs> of being a forever DM. So the compromise there was I'm going to have a DMPC so I can try to experience playing a little bit as opposed to just quitting yeah. and then playing D&D at all. 
So I was like, I hate to break it to you. That's just 5e. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was with 3.5 that this started. I was, oh, yeah, that works too. Yeah, I was, I was, grind, I was ground down in 3.5 in Pathfinder. So I'm like, I mean, I guess if, if the alternative is not playing at all because I cannot stomach just straight DMing anymore, I will give this a shot. Um, and I, you know, made the, the middling characters, not the best character in the, in the game, not the worst character in the game, uh, plenty complicated causes problems, <laughs> that sort of. Thing. Yeah. At that point you <laughs> knew what to avoid. And I like, we yeah. keep coming back to causing problems. I feel like GMPCs are the character form of failing forward. Yes, they they really <laughs> can. They, they, they make choices and then people have to clean up their messes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do that too you much can, though yeah. because you don't want the party to go to the end. Like, why do we have this disaster with us? Like, yeah. <laughs> it has, they have to be invested enough to be like, we want to help you with your failures. <laughs> yeah, and it cannot be like, it can't be every time and always like, oh, okay. You know yeah, what I mean? They have to come in clutch enough to uh, justify them staying around. And um, what I eventually found was that like playing the DM PCs, it allowed me to reinvest in player characters that just DMing for them did not. So um, because I was now investing in characters through this person, through the perspective of a real person or a real character to me. So like I was falling in love with traits in other players and I was coming to resent other players, like genuine resentment, genuine love, genuine admiration um, in a way that just feels less authentic if you're doing it from that omniscient DM point of view only. So I had the investment of a character as opposed to just the omniscient narrator. Good point. I think something like that, kind of the what, what Amber's describing in particular, can also help uh, with shyer role players mm-hmm. um, by having someone who is a part of the group, and you know, a character part of that core group, but also with the DM's knowledge of hey, this is how I can kind of get you into talking and, and interacting more with the party, even if it's just, like, someone who's always going to go, oh, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I want to, you know, and it's not just the DM being like, hey, player, talk. It's a character saying, like, I want to know your opinion because I care about what you have to say. Yeah, or coming and up I, after a difficult scene being like, are you all right? Yes, because it puts the spotlight on the PC, on the character that is one of the heroes, and gives them a chance to explore their character without feeling pressured. When Jess runs off and gets herself blown up again doing something incredibly stupid, and then you like grab her and shake her, and you're like, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> I, li- I think I like this... Um female dmpc cop like that might be my favorite dmpc just a bad cop so bad at her job (laughs) abby tries it's like brooklyn 99 the rpg yeah yeah it really is (sighs) the funniest shit happens to her too it's like the dice know i love it when the dice align in a way it's like they know who they're rolling for (laughs) Uh, sometimes the dice just know yeah, they know better than we do. Much like the hand, they giveth and they taketh away. <laughs> I was like, I had this DMPC Cameron, and <laughs> the dice knew. Like, I'm like, oh, is this a really important role and everyone is watching? And this is the thing that you're supposed to be really good at? One. <laughs> it knew every time. It's so good. And then you just, I just leaned into that. I was like, this is my personality now. <laughs> As we're as we're wrapping up here, we're just going to end with uh, our kind of personal experiences and you know what we pulled from this uh, do's and don'ts for DMPCs and you know our final advice and stuff and stuff yeah. and stuff. There you go. I don't know where I went with that one. All right? Do you have it? Like, yes. Uh, sure. So my do's and don'ts. So my one do is um they are like a character so definitely flesh them out and get them invested with the rest of the party um and just uh get them invested in the party and the story and don't yeah forget about them they are there in the scene too so they should be doing something too amber uh oh gosh so i've got so many so uh so don't make a gary stew or a mary sue (laughs) slash fantasy wish fulfillment character don't do that um and so, like, I guess the key takeaway I want everybody to have is, like, it's okay to have a DMPC, A, as long as your players are enjoying it. Like, if your players don't like it, no matter what you're doing, like, it's not for your group then. But if your players are enjoying it, um, and I would just, like, 
encourage you to remember that like the role of your DMPC, like the mechanical role that you fulfill in the game is almost irrelevant. It does not really matter at all. Um, so obviously you should not be like power gaming or anything like that, but like the whole reason to have a DMPC is to have complex interpersonal relationships with the party. Um, and complex interpersonal relationships that enhance the game and raise the stakes. It gives them another thing that you can thread. Like Randy's been saying, it's another knife that you can twist. Um, and it's another way to view and understand your players and what is important to them. So design a DMPC that needs something from the player characters that they want to give them. It's really nice. Yeah, don't. Oh, you said don't do a Gary Stu. No Gary Stu's, no Mary Stu's. Yeah, um, crap. You use some of the best ones. Um, I would say do, if you're going to do it and you're going to have the character, like Amber said, have complex personal relationships within the characters. Also, they don't always necessarily have to be like that perfect ally. Because I think the, the thing that where they get a bad name, uh, you know, where they get a bad name and people don't like them is that it's like, they're always the one to solve the issue. They were the ones that basically like pull the fat of the players out of the fire, right? Because that's why you use them. Uh, they don't have to do that. They can screw up sometimes. Put them uh, in the fire. <laughs> or, put, yeah. or put them in the fire, right? And then you have to go and pull them out. Uh, make sure they have a reason to, the party has a reason to keep them around if that's the case. So do remember that they don't necessarily, they're not perfect. Yeah. Just like every other Complex member of the party. Too. They're going to screw up, make them complex. They're not perfect. They're not one-dimensional. Uh, yeah, say, uh, we don't. It's kind of a do and a don't together, actually. Never mind. <laughs> I think I did both of mine. I'm good. Yeah, sure. Um, it, earlier, I was the one arguing don't even do a DMPC. <laughs> um, so I guess on a do's and don'ts list, um, kind of jumping off something Amber said, you know, don't feel the need to keep them around if it's not working with the party. They can just be an NPC that's recurring. You know what I mean? If if the party needs them again in the future. Um, don't, yeah, don't be afraid to retire your DMPCs because you can just rotate them in and out. Um, I guess if you are going to do it, do understand your role is to help not to be the hero. You know, um, I we've said it a bunch of times. Um, I would say just make them good at one thing the party needs. And obviously I'm all about that. Or one complex. thing the party doesn't need and they have a skill, but it is usually useless. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, this is just real short, sweet, simple. Um, kind of basting on. Basting on? Oh, <laughs> no. No turkey. Oh, don't baste it on there. <laughs> oh, it's one of those days. Uh, based on what I said earlier, um, do use a DMPC to help other people. Um, allow them to be that almost bridge between the DM and the characters um, without overstepping. Uh, but don't make a DMPC just because you feel like you have to or that you're or that it's a DMPC or a character you're not gonna like playing. If you have thought of the reason that you need this and you go, all right, I got to do this, you know, this will make sense for my party and I want to do it for this story reason, make sure you like the character. Because if you're not going to like them and you're not going to like playing them, your players aren't going to like them either because they'll tell you, they'll know you're upset. Yep. So have fun with it, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> make the PC who gets drunk and then asks the other player about his dead wife. Oh, God. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Yes. Thank you for that. Use the DMPC. Yes. The players to open up about traumatizing shit. <laughs> yes. It's yes. All right. <laughs> Biggest question. Did we change your mind, Rainy? Sure. Uh yeah, it can be <laughs> not convincingly. <laughs> I I think that it can be done well. I still feel like no, you know what? I think I'm convinced. There's definitely a time and place for them. Um, yeah. I mean, I tend to look at them as recurring NPCs. And for my own reasons, when I ever have NPCs that kind of get connected to a party, I often try and, you know, have them exit relatively soon. Because that's just how I feel about it. I feel like they should not be part of the core group. They should just be supporting actors. You know what I mean? Um, but... 
you've you've convinced me there's probably definitely campaigns and times where it works i think actually the agents of edgewatch campaign kind of made the most sense to me because it's in a small you don't do this massive travel it's like within a small kind of read like area mm-hmm. so it'd be people you see every day it's not like you know so that's, yeah, there's time <laughs> it's family yeah right and then the backstory works too but um yeah no oh, sure <laughs> well how <laughs> i cannot oh, no. Let's talk, about, let's talk about your dragon bobblehead collection. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is that it also kind of sounds like it depends on what you're personally invested in in the game, too, right? Like, I, I can see that Rainy is, like, super invested into, like, crafting this beautiful story and, like, going, like, creating this environment for his players to kind of, like, shine and carry out this story, right? So, like, for me, when I'm DMing, I I like having that character with that personal investment that amber was talking about earlier right that that's what i get the most out of from stories so like when i'm dming and i have a character as well i'm able to kind of like have that personal investment that my character is experiencing through this story that's that's how i kind of take D and all these other tabletop rbgs yeah i mean the gm is a player at the table too yeah so maybe these you know maybe these so. dm pcs just aren't for you rainy it's okay to each their own. To each their own. You know what? Maybe I'll try one. Take us away, Sarah. Do you want Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Modified Rules. If you, for some godforsaken reason, like what we do here, uh, there is a new post every week on this podcast feed. Whether it is us on this podcast, podcast Modified Rolls, the audio version of our Twitch streams, or my Chaos Baby 1D6, 1D4, or whatever other random projects we throw up from time to time, we don't know what we're doing, so we really can't tell you. You can also follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dmsafterdark. We are on all the social medias at dmsafterdark, and you can also email us one-on-one at dmsafterdark at gmail.com should you wish to. We fucking love it. Uh, please send us emails that aren't spam ads. It makes us very happy. And we thrive <laughs> off positive affirmations. So, with that being said, until next time, uh, shit. Join the party? Yeah! <laughs> until next time, join the party. Share the loot, drink the booze, kiss the dragon. Wait, no. Oh, she's already done way more than that. Oh my god. So so your DMPC is a bard. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good thing I'm, I'm going to cut this, but that whole time, I thought you were talking about Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, time out. That cult was a red dragon bobblehead cult. No, the I'm cult like, that I was actually happening? in was not a red dragon cult, correct? <laughs>